0: The following is a Bunkazilla original production. We are monsters of culture. It is a day that many wrestling fans perhaps believed would never actually ever happen because someone was incredibly stubborn. But the entire landscape of wrestling, I will use that word, the banned word in a certain company, wrestling, has been completely turned on its head with the retirement-slash-resignation of Vince McMahon. I am Jeremy Graves, and welcome to Bunker Mania, Bunkerzilla UK's official pro-wrestling podcast. Joining me on this, the 27th of July, 2022, to discuss this and who knows what else quite frankly because we could go in all sorts of places it is of course the Decadene, mr ian bolton good sir how are you doing on arguably one of the most landmark newsworthy weeks in uh, quite frankly in our lifetime in wrestling
1: i'm i'm doing all right and it's not it's not just a landmark week for uh, it's not just a landmark week for wwe it's a landmark week for us because we are officially in year 2
0: and what Yay. better way to begin our year two than in the <laughs> post-Vince McMahon era? <laughs> I mean, it's taken us a year and Vince is gone. I don't know. <laughs> uh, hey, some say stars align. I'm just saying. But also, true, it's, true. Very, it's another very important thing to take note of today, Ian. Are you aware of what today, today specifically, 27th of July, as we're broadcasting this live on YouTube, are you aware of what this day is? I don't know. Happy birthday to Triple H. Happy birthday to Triple H. Happy birthday, you're in charge now. Happy birthday to you. You
1: know what he needs to do? He just needs to get that giant cardboard cutout of himself and just point it and says, yeah. (laughs) It's
0: our birthday and we're the the man now. We're the man. (laughs) So hypothetical question. If you've got a cardboard cutout of yourself Hmm. and you high five the cardboard cutout, is that a self high five? Possibly. I'm all not of these sure. important questions and so much more being covered tonight on Bunker Mania. Before we go any further, folks, a little bit of quick housekeeping before we get onto the show proper. First of all, if you are watching us live on YouTube, thank you very much for joining us. If you would like to post some comments in the chat, you are, of course, more than welcome to. And you never know, we may get to some of your comments during the show as well. If you're watching on the archive, why not hit that like button? And if you feel so inclined, hit the subscribe button on the Bunkers at a UK YouTube channel as well. If you are are one of our audio-only listeners, first of all, big shout-out to you guys. We really appreciate you guys supporting us through all of the audio platforms that we are available on, be it on the likes of Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. Good Decadane San with me tonight has more than likely made it possible for you to get the show on your platform of choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you tell a friend. We would really, really appreciate it. And as Ian just mentioned, we are now officially in year two of this incarnation of Bunker Mania. And Blumenecki, and we picked a very good time to, to start year two, didn't we? Like like I mentioned, the biggest wrestling story arguably in our lifetime.
1: Pretty much, pretty much. It's, it's like, it, obviously it wasn't planned. It was it clearly wasn't planned, but... Uh, don't don't it's, tell it was... them that. Don't... <laughs> It's it's just serendipitous to the to the to the to the podcast, but it's also it it's it's going to be a good podcast to talk about tonight as well because it's just it's just it's just been I think since Friday night it's just been very surreal mm-hmm. and it's and it's like yeah at the moment um a lot of, obviously there's there's been some sort of stuff going on still with with raw in terms of it's still kind of the same of what it was but. The fan matter is obviously not, nothing's going to change immediately overnight, but it's kind of like, I think, I think the, I think the thing coming out of this, I think for the first time, a lot of WWE fans or people who want to kind of really see WWE do well, I think for the first time in a long time, they are genuinely excited for what's going to happen in the future, hopefully. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's still quite hard to fathom this. And I don't, and it's like, we're just, we're just hurtling towards a SummerSlam at the end of the week, which will probably be all right. It'll probably be a good, good, good event. I mean, the the, the whole thing, the whole real thing really with WWE for me has always been the wrestling in the ring when it comes to the big events has been excellent. It's just the storytelling. And arguably now there's an opportunity now for just to get
0: that little bit right. And yeah, who knows? It's definitely fascinating. It's a fascinating time. It is. I mean, I think on my personal Twitter, I I tried to sum it up in as succinct a way as possible in that, For the first time in 40 years since Vincent Kennedy McMahon purchased what was then the World Wide Wrestling Federation from his father, the company literally has a different owner. Mm. So it's going to go in a different direction, In one would say in theory. I'm sure somewhere behind the scenes he's still lurking. But that aside, Mm. inherently, everything that we're now going to see from a public point of view... Is being led by someone different. Mm-hmm. And this is very, very uncharted waters. But from my point of view, speaking purely as a wrestling fan and circumstances and allegations notwithstanding and all of that, just to put that out there now, for me, watching WWF, like when I was growing up and stuff, and then you know, wrestling in general, it's what has shaped my fandom into so many other areas. And my Mm. tastes in wrestling have evolved a heck of a lot since that time. i watch loads of Japanese stuff, indie stuff, other promotions. It's evolved, and I don't... I readily admit it on here. I don't watch a lot of WWE now. I mainly watch it, to be quite frank, because we do this show. And it's a way I still actually am wanting to watch it, because I get to discuss it with yourself. But WWF slash E shaped me as a person a heck of a lot. Mm. So it's very surreal to know that the person who when push comes to shove was the top dog of the company that did that. And they're now not around. It's really surreal. Yeah, it is. I think,
1: and I think it, uh, this is one of the, I think one of our little talking points, which we were going to probably get into in a little bit, but it's just kind of like when you look back at the, I think if you were to kind of sum up the McMahon era of the WWE, WWF and a few things, it's like, obviously for a good portion he took it mainstream he made wrestling mainstream in america and made wwe wf into this global powerhouse the problem with the whole legacy thing is unfortunately it has been kind of diluted sullied and just quite frankly just torn to shreds
0: by everything that has led up to vince having to go completely agree and i suppose just to to briefly set the scene, in case people mm. are unaware, or just to really set full context for this, mm-hmm. I think it. And what it was, what, either the last show that we did, because things have happened, folks. So apologies mm. for the delay in there being another show. <clears throat> but it was either just after that show, or it was we sort of mentioned it in passing during our next one. A story came out from the Wall Street Journal, mm. intimating that there was there. To put it frankly, I'm going to read the notes that you've said verbatim, if you don't mind, Ian, because I think this sums it up perfectly. The Wall Street Journal released a report breaking the news of the Board of Directors' investigation accusations directed at Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis, the, port, the report stating that the Board had looked into other NDAs signed by former female WWE employees citing alleged misconduct from both individuals, though should be noted how many NDAs actually remained unknown at this time. From that point on, an internal investigation was going to be launched, an independent internal investigation, I think it was. And Mm -hmm. stemming from that, Laurinaitis, I believe, was removed from his duties, and Vince McMahon at that point had basically relinquished a lot of his role within the company, barring the creative element of WWE.
1: Yeah, um, because I think it's like the day after the report came out, uh, Vince stepped down as CEO, or just stepped down for the time being while the investigation was going on uh you know that's a lot of this sort of note and and consolidation of all these little bits and pieces they've been they've been bought by sites like comicbook.com uh forbes uh wrestle talk and stuff like that so it's like we've we've tried to make sure we are we are relaying uh the events accurately and, and as best reported as possible
0: in this indeed So on the morning of June the 17th, as you just mentioned, Vince McMahon stepped down and Stephanie was magically back after being... Which I don't think we've actually touched on, but basically was kind of, in some ways, thrown away and buried on the way out by all reports, but now is back suddenly. Yeah,
1: because it it just was basically, all of a sudden, it was Stephanie McMahon with immediate effects going to step away from duties. And it's kind Mm -hmm. of like, okay, I mean... You kind of try to not look into it a lot more, but with now how things have panned out, you kind of can look into that a little bit more, I suppose. But I think at the time, at the time, I think we had just come out of Mania season. Triple H had just made more uh, his first kind of public appearances in a, in a long time he's had since the cardiac arrest side of things. And yeah, if if Steph was stepping away to spend time with family and stuff like that, especially with Hunter and and her and her children. Of course. It makes total sense.
0: It makes absolute total sense. Indeed. But the curveball that day, words if there wasn't a big enough curveball that day, Mm. was actually on SmackDown that same evening. Because you would think, okay, Wall Street Journal published a report, there's an investigation going on, Vince has stepped down, we ain't gonna see him. Vince appears on SmackDown. Basically says the tagline of then, now, forever, together, and then leaves. But he, he makes a big point about the
1: together, but it's like, remember, it's about the together, because we're all in it together. In some bizarre bollocks.
0: Yeah, and look, I am no legal expert, but my first thought was, the heck are you doing? Mm. Like, this isn't just going to go away. And if anything, it raised more eyebrows. Like, wait, he, he appeared on TV? Like, just out of nowhere? But of course, because yeah. you, you need a ratings bump, don't you? Yeah. At this point, we then fast forward from June 17th at that point to the 8th of July. Shall
1: we, oh. shall we just briefly touch on the, the Fightful Select report around that Go for it. Around that show as well? Because Fightful Select reported as well that McMahon came backstage after that initial report um, had dropped and he did that initial thing, and he just he just shouted the word, F him, uh, as he went to guerrilla position. So clearly at that time, Vince was not Vince was thinking he
0: was staying put. Vince, you could argue, Vince maybe thought, ah, I remain untouchable. Mm. Let's see how that progressed, everybody. Because <laughs> July the 8th, the Wall Street Journal dropped a second report regarding Vince McMahon, a report by the same two individuals who did the original report. This report alleged that incidents in 2005 and the subsequent agreement in 2018 2006, 2008, and 2012, sorry, alleging that there were incidents at those points, which ultimately, uh, sorry, while it was undetermined if the Board of Directors' investigation would include the 2006 and 2008 NDAs, it was confirmed that the incident regarding regarding a former wrestler was being investigated. Now, more details regarding McMahon's relationship involving a former paralegal were brought to light at this point, including how they met, how she never applied for the job and how she openly talked about the relationships with colleagues. So at this point, it becomes, it just quite frankly becomes a bigger deal of, okay, there's a lot more investigating going on now and any rumblings, like I was thinking in my brain of, Vince ain't getting out of this. He can't shake this. If if it's the Wall Street Journal and places like that that are breaking this, it's not just going to get swept under the rug.
1: I mean, the other things as well is WWE is a
0: publicly traded company. Exactly,
1: when it, and it has to answer to shareholders and all that sort of stuff. So, and when you ha- when
0: you're involved in the stock market like that, goalposts yeah. change dramatically.
1: Yeah, and especially when a lot when a lot of news outlets start looking at wrestling or start looking at WWE and start reporting this a lot more. I mean, I, lo- I mean it's it's been fairly commented on throughout, like the wrestling YouTubers and stuff like that. Basically people being being shocked about this. And for us, it's kind of like, well, it's not surprising. It's like we, we kind of sensed it was on the cards, but obviously no one has, nothing has been able to hold Vince accountable for it or and so forth. Um, because the second, the second one had this stuff about, I think the, the superstar who was coerced into, into some, into so. activity with Vince. So she might get a push. Or something which never happened, and then she was subsequently released when she refused to uh, mm-hmm. entertain any more sort of activities. And wasn't that it. the
0: same report that also highlighted, I want to say it was around a tw- $12 million figure that was doing the rounds. Yeah,
1: I think at that time the total amount had gone up to about 12 14 million.
0: Yeah, so that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. We then fast forward a couple of weeks later, actually, to the 22nd of July. Triple H is suddenly back in the news, not for a bad reason, admittedly, because he is actually Mm. named the Executive Vice President of Talent Relations, replacing John Laurinaitis. Mm. You could, suffice to say, not shocking in some ways, but it was more shocking that Triple H was back given the health scare that he had had. I think that was more what the reaction was to that? It,
1: it was it was that. I mean, there were f- a few weeks beforehand. He was reported being at the PC center, so sort I'm of mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, hey, to to staff, oh, I'm back." And it's like, in what way? And it's like, I can't really say. And that's mm-hmm. some of the stuff. Obviously, Fightful's been picking up on as well. Um, but the the thing is as well, this was this was Triple H's job before he got a demotion because of the the Wednesday Night Wars, the NXT
0: failure, quote
1: unquote. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically the we are not going to put money into NXT, so make NXT work again. It's like, but but they've got to travel in order. They go to arenas. We're just in an auditorium. We're in a warehouse. All, we're in a warehouse. <laughs> it's like, for all intents and purposes, we're at Full Sail, who have a lovely audience. But unfortunately, it's the same audience.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but that day, the 22nd of July, it doesn't stop there.
1: No. Because...
0: I, I don't know exactly what time it was. I could probably cut you this because I tried hard enough.
1: This was. It was on Friday. I was spending it was between 9 and 9.15, 9.20. I was trying to find something to watch on streaming services because I was Friday. I, I was bored out of my mind. I saw so I was getting ready for uh I was getting ready for some filming projects that I was doing over that weekend. I had all set up, everything was ready to go. And I thought, you know what, I'll I'll just I'll just relax, and I'll just kind of find something to watch, and so forth. And I, and eventually, you do. I do what probably most people do when they have too much choice: is basically for go, It's like I would like to watch that, but I'm not in the right mood. I want to watch that, but I'm not going to spend three hours watching this right now. And all this sort of stuff. I want to watch that, but now is not the
0: time. And then, and then- at 9:05 p.m. UK time, because I've just looked it up. Yeah. A tweet appears from Vince McMahon's Twitter account that says, "Quote at 77." Time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe. Then, now, forever, together. Hashtag WWE. Hashtag thankful.
1: That is uh, how Vince McMahon
0: uh, announced his retirement, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Tweet tweet
1: first, press release next second. That's that's basically what happened. Yeah. And, and yeah, during, during that, like, I just think, I think, I think a lot of and a lot of, uh, as I was saying in the in the notes, uh, a lot of wrestling fans having kind of like a kind of surreal meltdown in a good way, I suppose, because it's like, is this real? Is is this going on? And 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 bless him, uh, Adam Pachini from Cole uh did a live stream like five ten minutes after this, and I watched the whole of it, and it's just, it was, I think just as it's it's the perfect summation of of wrestling fans just kind of going, this 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 isn't happening, is it? This isn't happening. So but so obviously we've got Vince stepping down, or Vince retiring and leaving the whole lot. So Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan are co-CEOs. Correct. Stephanie McMahon is the chairwoman. Uh and yeah, and at that point, Triple H was uh was talent relations. And there was a there was a lot of uh, it's like it was like not just fans, but I think also um backstage there were some things going on as well because it was supported. From like fightful and, and stuff like that about Brock leaving suddenly before SmackDown was starting. It's like
0: Brock goes, Brock comes back. Yeah, Brock eff- the- Brock reportedly saying something in essence of, "Well, if Vince is gone, I'm gone," and then left. Yeah, <laughs> seemingly. But <laughs> and, but yeah, I mean, and, and the Triple H part you mentioned was actually confirmed Monday this week on the twenty fifth. Yeah,
1: the whole creative side was was confirmed yeah. on Monday twenty fifth. But at that point, a lot of a lot of people kind of go went going. Oh, was it Heyman? Could Heyman, get a nice sort of bump up though because of a good relationship with Stephen McMahon. Um, a lot of people are just kind of think, well, maybe will Bruce Bridger just hold for a couple of months and then all change? Mm. But nope, 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 everything's changing, everything's changing. Basically, basically, anything to do with the Vince era or the regime is kind of on the way out because there they were also kind of rumble, there have been rumblings of one Kevin Dunn who is in charge of. Broadcasting all that sort of stuff, and also responsible for all the crazy jump cuts in WWE during a match and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, if you get a headache uh, while watching WWE, it's likely his fault.
1: Yes, and oh, it's like uh, Mox's biography has some very interesting words about Dunn, which yeah, but suffice to say that the the, the information Dunn is not a particularly nice person, as far as, as, far as I'm aware. Mm. But that's that's that's
0: just me. But yeah, yeah, it's just,
1: yeah. Anyway, carry on. You may carry on, sorry.
0: Now cool. it's course, just so we can, the way I want to do it is just sort of just get through like the remainder yeah, yeah, of yeah. like of the date yeah. notes and then we can start going, we can have our own unprofessional meltdown as it were. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so then SmackDown happens, Stephanie appears on the show and basically does a mini thank you Vince thing, which weird, I mean, but sure. It.
1: I mean, on one side, I get it. I kind of do because it's like, it's like we said a bit earlier, a lot of the stuff that got us into stuff happened during a period where Vince was at top and kind of making WWE, WWF mainstream big stuff. And for, for all, for all the, 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 the shitty the shitty stuff that he's done, the shitty, terrible stuff that he's done now. You can't, it, it's like, I really, I'm trying not to really sound then. Cause it's like, he's a terrible person. I Vince man it's like there's no shame. McMahon is a terrible person. But he did he did create the sort of wrestling that got us into it in the first place. So I, I kind of I can understand from a kind of creative acknowledgement side of things. It's a sort of, oh, 100%, well, thank, yeah. Thank you Vince, but uh, I mean don't I mean already on raw for example Reigns was going going to a theory oh your daddy's gone. It's like yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, already, be- already bearing in promos, so it's like okay. Yeah.
0: And it's one of those things where, whatever the definition of the bare minimum is, mm. it was it because you would think with WWE's history of when you think about like the Hall of Fame video packages they do, or when you look at video packages yeah. relating to pushing a match, it's some of the best stuff you will ever watch. Like those Hall of Fame announcement videos are always mm. pretty much incredible. Vince McMahon again, it had there not been allegations and stuff that come out, should have got the freaking red carpet for all that stuff. Mm. Like, the question I was going to put to you a bit later, realistically, does Vince McMahon ever go in the WWE Hall of Fame? It's a random question, but it's a... Not that it really matters, but it's one of those things where you can tell from the reaction of the audience, I'm not going to get into that now because that's a personal viewpoint of mine, but there's a large portion who are angry that Vince is gone, and actually is still treating him like a freaking savior of the world and everything, despite everything that's being reported. I mean,
1: yeah, it's like I that side of things is like it's very similar to certain types of politics in the world, exactly. and it's like, and obviously that's it's not it's not what we're here to talk about. But I I know I I know what you're getting at. I know what mm. you you're you're highlighting stuff like that, and I and I agree. I think it's. Quite concern. It's quite concerning side of things, but uh, you're. But question in some so ways, of, unsurprising. Unsurprising. Yeah, I, I guess to the question of Hall of Fame, it's like, I mean, it it really it really depends on things. It's like, it's a never say never sort of things because weirder things have happened in WWE, but <laughs> it's gonna it, it's gonna be very awkward, especially especially yeah. if especially if and. I would not be surprised if more stuff's coming out soon, because that's that might be another reason why Vince has gone quite
0: quickly. It was literally one of the first things I thought of. I think that may have been another thought I put on my personal Twitter, which is basically yeah. like circumstances and everything notwithstanding and what might be to come. Mm. It's like, why else would this suddenly be happening in a heartbeat like that? And there's a lot of other things as well, like when Vince announced he was retiring on Twitter, it was done after the stock market had closed for the weekend. So mm-hmm. from a stock and share price point of view, that couldn't have been impacted as much. But then ironically, as soon as Triple H on Monday the 25th, a couple of days ago at the time we're broad- uh, broadcasting this, if you're listening to the archive, uh, stock prices went up because Triple H was announced. And then the, in a, what is a very serendipitous thing, and it's the word you used earlier, actually, the first Monday Night Raw in the post-Vince McMahon era was at Madison Square Garden, one of the most iconic buildings in the history of the company. Like, you, you can't write that. Mm. You just can't. It's, It's weird. And sort of starting to move away from the Vince retirement specifically. We might talk about other bits and bobs relating to this. But I think people were expecting there to be a lot of change immediately. And that's not how this is going to work. No, It's going to be a gradual process, little things. And there's been little drip feeds of things. You mentioned that they're kind of referencing Vince in passing, like your daddy's gone now. And I think there was a, there was a mention on commentary on one of the shows of like Ring of Honor being said an IWGP. It's like, I think last time we had any kind of acknowledgement like that was probably either Matt Hardy or CM Punk. Yeah. Quite literally.
1: Yeah, it's it's just. It, it feels like well, you still have you still have uh, with SmackDown and and Raw those last two shows. There has been, it's been kind of main storytelling as usual. So you'll have the silly things like a DQ here and there, but it, they haven't gone. It's like I don't think there was much. I don't think there was much twenty four seven bollocks on mm. Monday. I don't recall though, because I think the week before that there was quite a bit, but. No, it just it just seemed to be a very kind of serviceable show. You had you had some matches. You had you had a bloodline main event, which was very good as always. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's kind of and also this is the thing we're we're like three four days away from... Uh, actually it's it's Wednesday three days away from SummerSlam. Cause it's Saturday, like, you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You you it's like it would be it would be a miss to do some major changes. I mean, as we came on air. There's already been a change to the SummerSlam card, either due to legitimate injury or there may be something else. I don't know. Mm. I don't want... It's like, this is the thing now. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going to try and look into it. I'm just going to let it play out for once and just kind of yep. go, okay, let's see what happens. Because mm. who knows? Who knows? Maybe SummerSlam is going to happen, and then SummerSlam might act as the giant reset button. So when SummerSlam's at done and dusted, Triple H's
0: creative properly takes off or starts getting into place. I don't know. Um, But yeah. But it's going to take time. That's the key. And people need to appreciate that. I mean, potentially there may be some, some big decisions at SummerSlam, which will give an indication as to, okay, this feels Mm. different. Or the way something occurs implies Mm. this feels different, but it's going to take a good couple of months. I mean, so I know realistically it's not one of the traditional big pay-per-views anymore from the way it's been treated for years, but my estimation would be come around November time for Survivor Series, if there's going to be a significant change or a significant feel of change, around that time is when we will see it. Mm. Because traditional Survivor Series matches in the past have been a great way to showcase some newer talent. Austin Theory, sorry, Theory, being the perfect example of that. Where he got a really good showing, if memory serves, in last year's traditionals
1: match. I mean, when
0: when it was the the rarity
1: of the free brands, it was a Keith Lee showcase in the main mm-hmm. event against Roman Reigns, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I would pass, I would not be surprised if we see NXT turn up for some of Survivor Series this year. I mm-hmm. mean, might be a bit weird with the Brighton and Kyle Hall 2.0, but then again, it's like, how far does that create a stretch? Because I think Shawn Michaels is still kind of. Head it's like kind of head creative down in NXT 2.0 as well, but now that guidance is coming from Triple H, who knows? I I, I don't know. Exactly. I mean, I mean, there's a. It's the thing. It's like the the things that people remember about the NXT of Triple H is basically this is wrestling more akin to what is what AEW is mostly now. You have you have those sort of styles. You had talent that were not. The the Vince McMahon wet dream. They weren't overly muscular. They weren't sexy. They weren't handsome and stuff like that. They were kind of people that you could relate to, and some rest, Some of those wrestlers have really have kind of been able to push through as well. Because I think I think in a million years, it's like as much as Kevin Owens was was cool. I was trying to trying to find the right words, but Kevin Owens was was effing cool on NXT Black and Gold. He was amazing, and the way he came up was wonderful. But then again, it's like you would never, you would never think Vince would, try Vince would go for that sort of, uh, that sort of that sort of physique. It's like I'm, it's like Vince McMahon had very, very, very stupid.
0: Uh, yeah, ideas. he had like set criteria in yeah, many ways.
1: Really, really bad set criteria.
0: And yeah, it, but but sometimes and, though, it's like in sorry to cut you off, but it's like when sometimes in film or even just television shows, there's always a character that's slightly different or slightly breaks mm. the mold. And for whatever reason, that character, well, I say for whatever reason, because they're different from the mold, but yeah. they stand out and they can either sink or swim with that standing out roll, as yeah. it were. And sometimes it just works completely fine. But um, a question that you actually have put in our, in our notes page that we have here, which I, I think is a very interesting one to ask is, can we briefly sum up the Vince McMahon era? Now, I know I mentioned arguably the biggest wrestling story in 40 years. Obviously, WCW closing in yeah. March of 2001 is way up there as well. But the way I look at it is, and you re- you alluded and referenced it earlier, that Vince McMahon literally changed the entire model of professional wrestling in the USA. Mm. took it to a national stage and ultimately on a global stage. So ultimately he, he is a literally an era defining story when it comes to, I was going to say success story, but the way it's ended does not represent that. Mm. So, but what he has done, he has changed wrestling forever and has got it to this point, whether we ultimately like it at this point or whatever strand you particularly follow is a different question entirely. But mm. Vince McMahon's era is he took it literally to the highest of the high and and it never while it never reached those heights again it never fell off a cliff there were moments where it flipping could have done but it didn't and it's still the powerhouse mm. that it is now
1: Yeah I mean this is this is a company that's is still making billions of dollars on a yearly basis so it's like it's like from a from a business standpoint it's like it's an incredibly successful company
0: Oh yeah, they make then,
1: so much money. Obviously, some of that money comes through some very interesting things, like going going halfway across the world every couple of months uh, and all that sort of stuff. But who knows? It may maybe with new leadership now that side that side of awkwardness might finish. Along, maybe I don't know. It's yeah. I mean, also, right.
0: another thing to think of when it comes to the Vince McMahon era, it's just occurred to me as well, is he has actually changed the wrestling business again because the concept of pay-per-views being tentpole events now, in WWE landscape, they're really not. There's select shows which feel like tentpole landscapes, mm. but now a yeah. premium live event is just another show. Mm. Realistically speaking, a lot of a lot of big stuff can just happen on television because now they're wanting to get the ratings to probably build up the next television deal they get because they get so much money from Peacock in the US.
1: Yeah, because I think deals are up, I think, from next year. I think Fox is up next year. It's within the next couple of years, I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. And the whole thing with Peacock is only for a certain number of time. It's not like it's a permanent Peacock have brought it. It's basically, no. Mm. Peacock have just
0: leased the WWE Network mm. for now. But it's, but gar- again, it's it- a guaranteed amount of money, though.
1: Yeah, so and... And and also Comcast, who who own Peacock, are, are kind of one of the potential. Well, wouldn't say they are trying to sell, but it's like if if WWE ever was looking to sell, they would be a potential suitor. To be honest, mm. I mean, you never know. We could be sat here in the next year, and and The Rock has decided. You know what? I want to do even more crazy. I want to buy Vince's wrestling
0: company, or we suddenly see that like. WWE has now, like, gone into the DC Comics universe or something. Somehow. Oh, there, there was... I mean, there was the, there's still the Crunchyroll deal
1: that's happened. There was a, a couple of... I think about a year ago, there was the Crunchyroll deal where WWE had agreed with Crunchyroll to go make an anime about wrestling. Nothing's been said about that. Maybe it's on hold for a little bit. Maybe. I don't Maybe. Know. I
0: mean, I, I I. don't know anything personally just, just, on that, but... just, to it, say, just Anime just, takes a long time
1: yeah, to produce. Just to, just a side tangent on on Rock and it, uh, XFL. Um, here, uh, the <laughs> sure. Rock, the Rock, the Rock, the Rock, and his part and his business partner uh, Danny Garcia. They were on on they were on uh, I think Jimmy Kimmel, or uh, I can't remember who was covering the show because Jimmy Kimmel I think was actually on holiday at the time. But it's like the Rock, the Rock introduces Danny Garcia as obviously the first as the first female to own an a, a sports league, which is. Astounding in its own right. But I just, I just kind of like the way they just kind of went, you know what, we're gonna buy this thing. And it's basically the way uh Garcia tells it, she just goes, goes, and I've got a crazy idea. I think it's really crazy. And, and drinks says, I'm all for it. it says, I wanna buy the XFL. Then <laughs> they're basically, okay, let's let's see what we can do. And like <laughs> I just I just I just kinda of, I palmy kind of goes in a few, I just kind of think. What It's like Before this I just kind of imagine Down the line Maybe just going You know what I've got a crazy idea I want it. It's like I've taken Vince's football Now one is wrestling Give it to me
0: <laughs> uh, It's insane It's insane, it's insane but, It is mental uh, So do you Do you have any Other thoughts When it comes to Summing up The Vince era As it were uh, Or anything uh, in particular That you want to Highlight I mean, Want a better word I
1: mean I mean I, I think I've said What I need to say really It's like he took WWF and WWE to a global powerhouse. And he did create, and there have been big stars created on the way. Stone Cold, The Rock,
0: Undertaker. Uh, I mean, also, did. just pop culture stars. Yeah. Uh, when you think Hulk Hogan in and of itself, I don't want to talk about it too much, but mm. Hulk Hogan is one. Vince gave the platform for that. Look at The Rock. Look at Cena, who's now exactly. just appearing in Fortnite. Exactly. So <laughs> look at Cena and then ultimately probably look at Roman Reigns because that's not going to be far away before that happens. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, do not be surprised if Reigns is doing more Hollywood stuff in the next couple of years. That's exactly. I think the same I think the same for for folks like Becky Lynch as well. It's like mm. it's like they they they've gone the were the the WWE has become like a big platform to create those sort of stars. And, you know, it's like, I mean, even when Cena started doing the Hollywood side of things, it, it wasn't, it's the same with the rock. They don't start off overly successful. I mean, uh, Batista, did, that's another one. Batista for yeah, back. Yeah, Batista did The Wrong Side of Town with Rob Van Dam. Straight to DVD, bargain. Two quid from Tesco's. <laughs> Um, but look, he made now, it to Tesco. But, but he made it to Tesco. But look at him now in Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, in in several Marvel films, and he, and he's also uh, he's also I think more like an artistic blockbuster star as well because he's done Dune he's done Blade Runner twenty forty nine, mm-hmm. uh, even a Bond
0: henchman as well. There's, wasn't there's a he lot like, there. Wasn't didn't he do like a, a kids family film in a football stadium or something? That sounds familiar. I don't
1: think so. No, he did. Unless he, he's did someone my, else. he did. He did. My spy. In terms of the the kids in the family stadium, I think that was the game plan with the rock because he was oh, like okay. a successful. I'd, I'd... Cro-
0: they all blend together at some point. Yeah, the they films. all blend together.
1: But again, it's like with John, John Cena. John Cena started with the Marine, which is is a spectacularly shit film, but it's still a guilty pleasure <laughs> for me. But but then it's like it all kind of changed. When he did Trainwreck, and it all just kind irony. of went up. <laughs> He wanted to be the
0: king of CrossFit for Amy Schumer. It was going to be amazing. <laughs> the king of CrossFit just needs to be Seth Rollins's next gimmick.
1: <laughs> no, I think he's tripped god for for a while now. Uh, anyway, but no, but no. I think I think all I need to say is basically yes. Vince made it successful. Vince gave us some stars, but overall, that doesn't really that that doesn't really cover up the fact that you he he has done some very horrible things
0: yeah. yeah and that will never be sugarcoated or forgotten no it may gradually over time become less prevalent mm. like certain things have in the past not because people want to wipe it from memory but well, unfortunately like, time does that and perceptions of how things happen change
1: it's like this is this is the thing as like and I I said at the start of the show when I was saying it's like for for fans, it's a, it's an optimistic and exciting time now. I think half the time now, every time we would hear about releases, we know we know it's not about the talent going. It's because Vince doesn't see any anything in them. It's like every time these sort of things happen, you 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 frown with WWE. You frown at WWE, and I think it's now found itself in a position where we don't have. Hopefully, we don't have to frown at it repeatedly and kind of tie our heads and
0: kind of go, well, this wouldn't happen in other promotions. In terms of what happens in other promotions then, because that's a nice segue into Mm. what next? So the question that you have put in our notes here is, what does a Triple H run on as WWE's creative head potentially Mm. look like or mean? And I think the way it might be best to try and sum this up from both of us, is to each of us come up with like a couple of points of things we would like to mm. see. And it's not necessarily just saying, this person is champion, but more, I'm thinking mm. more of like a culture. I'm going to use the word culture, because I think that sums mm. up all-encompassing things, as to what could, what we would like to see happen. Because mm. we've got, in essence, you've kind of got a blueprint of what might be possible when you look at Triple H's run with NXT. Mm. Inher- regardless how it ultimately concluded and was done and whatnot or how maybe in some ways they were like had their hands tied behind their back when you look at a bunch of stuff that triple h and his team that accomplished i think there's a lot to be excited about and hmm. first and foremost i think because clearly the odd thing here and there happens to be conveniently lining up and joining the dots for wwe but very rarely now i think first of all long-term storytelling yeah And arguably one of the biggest ones in recent time, I would say has been pretty Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair from the way from the SummerSlam match through to WrestleMania. That was a very easy through line.
1: Yeah. In terms of, if you take an example, from NXT, uh, Champa, and Cagano. Mm -hmm. That's, that's very, even though they had an injury thrown in the middle, it still kind of played itself out as a, as a, as a long-term story thing, as well,
0: they came in so, as a tag team. They both had random mm-hmm. matches. They were in the cruiserweight classic match, I think it was. Yeah. They ended up having their rivalry and getting split. Then we're back together and split again. Mm. That was literally a good few years, and it worked.
1: Yeah, um, I also think you had factions
0: that also kind of worked in NXT. Look, uh, look at you the could end just, you, 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 you could just full <laughs> stop and say they had factions.
1: They had factions. Factions. They had that factions made, all made sense. <laughs> factions. That made sense. And actually all had a level of threat. Imperium, you look at Undisputed Era, now Undisputed mm-hmm. Elite. Um, you look at those two. Even the Le, Lagata El Fantasmo was a was a good little stable. It's a bit weird now because they've meshed with Tony D'Angelo now, but
0: it's a bit weird, but hmm. But currently the only faction, correct me if I'm wrong, that we have on the main roster is the bloodline.
1: The in terms of de facto, yes, you do have things like Judge the Judgment Day, which is still kind of a thing. It's it's kind of taken a weird left turn since Edge was it was kicked out. Hmm. Um and then you also got things like again, you've got even straight oh, you've got you got um the brawling brutes, which is obviously shameless. Oh, yeah, Seamus' crew, yeah. Seamus' crew and, and all that sort of stuff. And you also had um Maximum Male models who may or may not now not have Ellie Knight as part of it as Max Dupree. I don't know. Wait, what's going
0: what? He only just got there.
1: Yeah, but now, now it's like Maxine Dupree is looking, I, I don't know. Apparently Vince didn't like it for something and made the change
0: before he left. I Has he just like read a couple of low-key comic books or something from the Marvel universe and just gone, he's jumped from like one decade to another and gone, oh, that was cool. Let's do that instead. Kind of, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think,
1: I think for me it's like I think the style of I think the style of match presentation and stuff that I liked in NXT. I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, it gets to like crazy false finishes and stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is that sort of when you have the talent and you can tell the story, all those things make perfect make absolute perfect sense in a way. Um, yeah. That's the thing. It's like I kind of I kind of want to stop with the kind of over the top stuff. I kind of I I kind of want great wrestling, but I kind of just want it's like not ultra realistic stories, but I just kind of want a, a respectable level of things that are not stupid. The because, way to sum because up. I go on, sorry. Because it's like I think we talked about it with AEWs, basically for a good for a decent chunk of booking for AEW, they don't treat their audience like idiots. And I think if WWE's booking and creative can do the same and not treat their audience like idiots, which they didn't do in NXT. I mean, yeah, you may have had the odd, odd random moment of bizarreness. I think which every old, promotion
0: does, in fairness.
1: Which 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 every promotion will have their things, but nine times out of ten, things things did not seem ridiculous or things did not seem like we were being treated like we didn't know, we didn't know better or something. Like that. It's just like, it was like, it was a wrestling story. They told a story. We got into it. Off we go. And, and everyone's happy.
0: Yeah. That was going to be one of my points, which is why I said the way to sum it up is literally, I want WWE to not treat their audience like they're stupid. Yeah. To treat the audience with more respect is one way I'll phrase mm. it. And it doesn't take much. Mm. It just takes just simple storytelling that yeah. doesn't contradict itself following up on things that people clearly notice or that have mm-hmm. been teased, just not forgetting things. Just it, It's little things that can go a long way. And I think, to, to mention another point, because obviously we could talk about this all night, but I think I want the overall presentation to be more streamlined. Like, we were mentioning, like, camera cuts from Kevin Dunn and stuff like that, or the way things are being referred to. Heck, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, I don't have BT Sports, so I can't watch SmackDown on Raw and such. But mm. didn't, on commentary, apparently on SmackDown, Michael Cole actually call people watching the show the fans as opposed to the WWE Universe? Yeah. It's a little thing, but it's also a phrase from the real world. Mm. And the real world it's- exists.
1: I've, yeah, I think it's. I think. I think the thing for WWE, the this new, this new regime, this new sort of leadership now is pop the bubble that Vince put over the product. Just bring bring it down. Bring it to not uber realistic, but again, fans. You can say WWE universe. That, that's a that's a thing that can still be a thing. But don't keep harking on about it. It's not thing. Mean, you know what? As well, now that there's. There's some hopefully some sense of order. Can we actually keep people to their brands, please? <laughs> to be honest. Or just do a quick draft now. And you know what? A this brand is a split nice time. falling apart, Ian. Surely not. Surely, surely not. But you know what? This is the right time to actually kind of give each show again some nice special theming. Some nice actual kind of distinct story. Like with SmackDown and Raw in the 2016s. They were overtly different and Yes, everything's meshing over at the moment because networks are undecisive and stuff like that. But I think it's just kind of set that landscape up or set it up again, but do it in a way that is not stupid or kind of isn't sort of taken out. It's like, take an idea, stick with it and go with it. And that's something I like to see too. I think as well, it's kind of, I think with some talent, we're going to hopefully see some potential that was seen in NXT being seen more often in on the main roster. Again, Champer is one of those one of those talents who's currently bodyguarding for the Miz because who uh, knows? Um, yeah, and you know, and you never know. You never know. It's like they might be able to do something with with Theory's character as well. Because it's like, like I said, when we've talked about Theory, I liked Theory in NXT when he was kind of he was a heel still. But he was kind of like a goofballing heel working when it was like the eel version of the way, and I I kind of liked that. And it's like, yes, he had a threat to him, but he was also he also had something that you kind of you kind of brought into it because it's like it's like what sort of person eliminates themselves from a, a battle royale by kind of going, oh no, I've landed on the back. Let me kip up. Oh no, my feet are on the floor. Am I eliminated? Yes, yes, Fury. Oh, but why? It's, it's little things that go a long way. I mean it wouldn't be I mean again it's like and this is something that's been kind of this has been kind of picked up on Vival as well. It's like talent who have left WWE might start looking well, might be might be thinking they have an opportunity to go back because they had better working relations with Triple H than they did with Vince. I mean what I mean this this is the man who took Karrion Cross, who was an absolute monster in NXT, the whole it, it, it was it was served by Triple H on a beautiful silver platter. It's like, take this, take this presentation, take this character, there. You have a monster for the next couple of... No, no, I'm going to put him in a Roman helmet because Romans are funny. I'm
0: going to put him in a Roman helmet and beat him in 10 seconds. With Jeff Hardy. There you go.
1: <sighs> it's, it's yeah, like... and,
0: and... But that's the thing as well. It's... I mean, that doesn't even come to respecting the fans, but that comes under the presentation side of things. Yeah. Because another thing as well, like you mentioned like Champa as a person. Mm. Another thing as well that's going to take time, and there was a period 2004, 2005-ish probably, Mm. when this had to happen for a while, is that they're going to have to build new talent or rebuild talent to a point where people just don't go, all right, that's them. Like, I mean, look, I know there are a lot of Dolph Ziggler fans out there, but quite mm. frankly, I couldn't care less about Dolph Ziggler. I respect he's really talented, is really good at what he does, but he's just been there for so damn long. I can't take Dolph Ziggler as a character or entity in WWE seriously. Mm. But that could change. All you've got to do is build it up over time and be consistent. Yeah, It's not like traditionally with a money in the bank win. I mean, heck, you know what? Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan at the time, perfect example. He won money in the bank. He lost for freaking ages while he had the briefcase and suddenly he won the title. It's like that doesn't make sense realistically.
1: That's the same route they're going with theory. Yeah, Because he's been losing left, right and center. I mean, he's cashing on, on, I don't think he's cashing in on, on SummerSlam. If he cashes in, I'll be amazed. If anything, I think you're cash in on the person who ultimately beats Roman. But I think that's what's gonna probably happen.
0: Well, you see, that now in and of itself is part is actually a good point when it comes to long-term storytelling. Triple H is someone who could easily handpick who should be the person to dethrone Roman Reigns. <laughs> who would it most benefit long-term for WWE? Because yeah. right now. This is a very weird comparison to make, but, like, I don't want to use Hulk Hogan as an example, but when Hulk Hogan lost the title after he'd held it for years, and I think this was before WrestleMania 4 and they did the whole tournament thing, when Mm. Hogan had lost that belt on that Saturday night's main event show, which I was too young to know it, but I've heard about it after the time, that was a big freaking deal. It was a massive deal. Mm. And this is one of those things where for this generation of fans currently, Roman having held the belt for that damn long, it's going to mean something. It just is, whether people like it or not, and WWE have got an opportunity to really make something of it. If it's a Mm. clash at the castle, so be it. If they hold it all the way back until WrestleMania next year, so be it. But they've got time. And you can Mm. bet that if Triple H is the one that's ultimately got the hammer of God now, to basically say what he thinks goes, He can be the one to dictate that. And also as well, from a presentation point of view, I'm getting so many thoughts in my brain, I'll let you talk again in a second. (laughs) But from a presentation point of view, WWE have got so many writers that have had to conform to what Vince has wanted for so long. Mm. And I can sort of speak to this in a way from past endeavors I've I've been involved with, that sometimes you just want that little bit of creative freedom. Mm. And just a little bit of freedom. And you're told, just come up with something. Like what's an idea you've got? Just present it. Like no, not going to judge you for it. But hypothetically speaking, if Triple H kind of tells the writers, "Let's hit the reset button. What ideas do people have?" It, WWE's programming could become quite a good variety show again. Yeah. And there's little things now. I mean, I saw a clip doing the rounds of of like what they're doing with Gunther and um Oh, what's his name? Uh, Ludwig Kaiser. but Ludwig Kaiser, Kaiser just gets chopped for being naff. It's like, it's a great I, idea.
1: I like that. I like that. It's like, even when he even when he beat Nakamura, it's like Gunther went, no, 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 no. I helped you beat Nakamura, so I'm still going <laughs> to chop you in the chest.
0: It's like, oh, but the ring general. No. <laughs> it, but it's, oh. little, it's little things like that you can build up, and it's such a simple story. Side tangent,
1: Gunther's theme now is just basically... Big epic rock music with people just going, Gunfa, the ring general, Gunfa. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like when Gunfa was a name change. Yes, Gunfa's a city name, but you know what? I've just kind of accepted it now.
0: <laughs> well, it's like Cesaro. Gonna... You just accepted, you just called him, you just accept Cesaro. Well, do you accept Daniel Bryan for so mm. long? It's just the way mm. it is. That's I another think... thing I'd like to see changed. I'd like more logical ring music. Yes. Yes.
1: Not, not, because it's like some, it's like even like uh, Raquel Rodriguez, formerly Gonzalez. Their music's changed. It's like, all right, this is weird. <laughs> Heck, sort of let's way. get some licensed music back in as wrestlers' themes. That'd be cool. Um, I mean, if they're forking out the cash for Pat McAfee to walk down to the ring to the white stripes. Yeah. Why not? Just why not? I there mean, it'd be fun. But no, I th- it's like I think the the best way to sum up this sort of whole like couple of week is this whole week or so is like it's strange, it's surreal, it's it's just fascinating now. It generally is, and it's not like that sort of weird shadow of oh, it's not all it, oh, this is it's it's going to revert. I, I I can't see it reverting. I mean, if if Vince has had to step away like this, I can't see it reverting anytime soon, to be honest. Um. Especially when, uh, I'm just having a quick check, uh, considering the WWE, this is something that was from the uh, Wall Street Journal article, reports that WWE investigations hastened Vince McMahon's decision to retire. Uh, so it's like new federal investigations into the hush pact allegations. Uh, and, and that's mostly as well as I think they've had to re, uh, resubmit like, financial documents. Yeah, because the way
0: it works, and I I mean, it's still a little bit confusing because I think it was, I'm going to paraphrase, I'm going off the top of my head. It was something Mm. like $14.6 million was Mm. unaccounted for in WWE's records. But because it was NDA stuff that was relating to WWE matters that Vince paid seemingly himself, Vince has got to pay it back to WWE. But that's the confusing part. And it might be that sort of Vince effectively loaned himself the money to pay it and then paid it back or whatever. But either way, it wasn't accounted for. It wasn't accounted for in tax records and stuff. That's the issue. And that's why Mm. that's now coming into play, because it's cool like it is. It's a lot of freaking money, especially hush hush money, you know?
1: Yeah. Even if they do try to go, hey, it's personal expenses. like... It, it, it's kind of misuse of an actual public traded company's funds. It,
0: it's 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 personal expenses relating to a company matter. That's the difference. As soon as it's a company matter, rather than an entirely separate personal matter, that from a business perspective, <laughs> I believe that's where it really gets problematic from a publicly traded company. If that makes sense. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah,
1: it, it, it does, but just... I wouldn't class what he was doing with that money as a company-related matter. It's a no. Well,
0: it's a Vince-related matter. Oh no, I agree, but I guess because it was real. Uh, yeah, see, this is where this conversation can get really muddy. But I, I think it's because what's the way to try and phrase this in a in a delicate way? Because the issue had started on the grounds of the company and was involving, for example, employment of someone, but ultimately it was a matter between the two parties that was a personal thing, it's technically a, it, a company-related personal matter. It's mm-hmm. a, I don't know exactly. I'm just going by other stuff I've heard and whatnot. But either way, it's very murky. And that's why WWE have quickly had to go, we're going to resubmit this. We're making you aware. We're going to do it. But either way, when push comes to shove, Vince is gone. And if he is back, I will be surprised. And I mean back in aside from him being a shareholder and whatnot, which it wouldn't surprise me if that ends rapidly, but mm. I would be very surprised if we see Vince McMahon on TV again. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't foresee it right now. I at mean, the like very, very least, never- at, like I say, at the very least in a few years, if they randomly were to appear, then at that point, I'll evaluate how I feel about the matter. But I just don't foresee it happening. And quite frankly, I don't want him back on TV. No. No, I think we're done with it to be honest. And so speaking of being done with it, I think that's probably where we will begin to wrap up the show for today, but I appreciate it. I've done a heck of a lot of talking in. So is there any other thoughts relating to this in any capacity that you wanted to get out there because again, I know I've done a lot of the talking here, so I I do want to give uh, you a chance to, no, to say your, say some words. No, no, I think I think
1: no, no I think we've covered I, I think we've covered a lot of a lot of things today. So I've it's it's like the hours flown by, <laughs> to be honest. So it's been it's been a good chat. It's like we we hadn't talked about about the whole Vince stuff since the allegations broke, and it's supposed because we just haven't had the time to get another episode together. And it just seems like everything just kind of lined up nicely for this for this episode um, because hopefully we'll have an episode in 2 weeks. uh it depends how depends how my workload is for conventions and stuff like that. so don't yeah. be surprised if don't be surprised if there's a, there's a there's a uh, just a cover
0: guest for the next
1: for the next episode or something. Uh,
0: either way so just to sort of put some cards on the table for folks, schedule mm. will probably be going a bit erratic for a little while, but my mm. goal and we're going to talk about this off air, so I won't mm. air all this on the show as it were. Either way, at the very least, in audio-only form, there will be something coming over the coming weeks, be it once a yeah. week, once every couple of weeks. There will be something. So I encourage you all to, to subscribe to the audio platform of your choice because I'm going to try and put something out, be it in, be it with a special guest co-host, even potentially just something I do solo, just to maybe talk about something I uh, you know, haven't had a chance to talk about. For example, Ring of Honor's pay-per-view this weekend. It was freaking great. It would be really cool to actually discuss that. Obviously, SummerSlam is happening this freaking weekend. You know, in theory, want to do something talking about that, but we'll get there. But just don't be surprised if the schedule is a bit more scattershot than perhaps usual. But, yeah. but we're gonna we're gonna work it out and see what we can do on that front.
1: Yeah, it's it's probably just for August. When we get into September, it's it's business as usual. It's just I have a lot of I have a lot of varying creative projects going on at the moment, which I did not expect to get uh, as 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 big as they have been, but in a good way, in a good way, not in a sort of, oh, this is terrible sort of things. It's like, it's great. It's like stuff I, I really am excited to be doing. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just I'm just very mindful that I like doing this show as well. I enjoy doing Bunker Mania and it's like, I want to make sure the show is still running,
0: even if I'm busy with something for for the next couple of weeks. So either way, be on the lookout for that. And as mentioned, and we encourage you to subscribe to your audio platform of choice. And if you've enjoyed the show today, do tell a friend. And if you've been watching us here live on YouTube or have been watching the archive, thank you very much for watching. And we encourage you to hit that like button on this episode of the podcast. And once again, if you would like to do so, hit the subscribe button so you can be kept up to date with future content from Bunkerzilla UK. When it comes to following Bunkerzilla, if you'd like to do so, you can find us on Twitter. Simply search the username Bunkerzilla UK and you can find us on there and good sir before we conclude any additional uh housekeeping notes as it were before we wrap up
1: no nothing for me not for me uh i i echo those sentiments uh do do give us a subscribe on the audio podcast feeds if you can whether it be spotify google apple we do try to do some extra audio episodes there i think we did our money in the bank and uh blood and
0: guts review for that I think that, that sounds familiar yeah I think that was audio
1: yes it was audio. I say yes. that
0: sounds familiar only because a lot's going on at the moment just in, yes. ju- it, yes. in life not not bad things but just a lot goes on so in some ways some kind of like you could say a lot of the Vince McMahon era of WWE a lot of it just bleeds together and blends like a big Ho- blur
1: hopefully not for much longer
0: hopefully not for much longer this is a fascinating hypothetical question Imagine, I'm going to end the show with this, just to kind of leave this pondering in people's minds. All right. Circumstances notwithstanding or not, imagine if the Vince McMahon era had ended for whatever reason during the Thunderdome era. How could the landscape of WWE be very different if that had happened? There's There's some food for thought for you, everybody.
1: Well, I'll tell you one thing: you probably wouldn't be seeing Adam Cole in AEW, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> he'd,
0: yeah. Be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be a manager on
1: <laughs> television. No, it's just that, that it's like five four five four a story, uh, talking to XWWE uh, talent and stuff like that, talking about oh, what are your thoughts now? Triple H being in control, and and they they they, ne- they don't name a person, but they say someone who was signed to AEW said. If I if Triple H if I was graduating to a Triple H led SmackDown I would have signed well before my time was up and I'm kind of going might have an idea who that might have been <laughs> no I, I don't but it's just like if if you if you read all the things if you read all the things about wrestling you kind of ignore, if you kind of know the relationships that talent have had with Triple
0: H there's there's clearly one or two people you kind of go oh so. Well, on that note, actually, uh, to conclude the show with this, I know we really need to wrap up. Tony Khan was doing an interview on Busted Open Radio earlier today, which is a traditional slot he does on the Afternoon Before Dynamite. And apparently he hasn't been shy, according to the Wrestling Observer, about commenting on the recent big changes in WWE leadership. Talking to Busted Open Radio today, at the time we're recording, Tony Khan said, quote, I think, parentheses, the changes are, close parentheses, going to be really positive for the fans overall. I'm a little amused that that changes in the, sorry, I'm a little amused that changes in the competition, people think it's going to magically change the landscape. And after, end quote, after saying he's seen a lot of narratives forming on Twitter, Khan then addressed the idea that wrestlers would go back to WWE after their deals are done because McMahon is no longer there. Quote, I've got people signed here for for five years and people think that just because the CEO, chairman, those head of creative, those people have changed in the competition, people I have five-year contracts with are going to magically switch teams. Good luck with that. End quote. He gave two examples saying that Adam Cole is signed through 2027 and Malachi Black has nearly five years left on his deal. Adam Cole didn't re-sign with WWE when his deal was up while black was released an additional quote quote just because these guys had some success under the previous administration somewhere else they are not magically going to be going anywhere those are two people i really like those are two people i really like just as examples of people who have worked under the previous administration i am very amused by that that's a narrative i see so-called wrestling writers pushing every day it's pretty amusing quote he said I actually, that like quite amusing myself. Just like,
1: yeah. It's like, if I think if you weren't that bothered by it, you
0: would have just not talked
1: about it.
0: I mean, it probably doesn't help I when the radio mean. show <laughs> asks him, but yeah, true, <laughs> true. Yeah, but, c- c- t- Tony Khan is a very open book in many ways.
1: Yeah, it's like stuff that I, I can admire him for sometimes, but there's enough times I just go, probably didn't need to say that, <laughs> or just probably, uh, it's. We've all been there, like, We've all been there. yeah. We've all we've, we've all been there, but no. I mean, it's it's a thing. I mean, obviously, it's 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 fighting words. It's stirring the pot, all that sort of stuff. But anything can happen. Indeed, we, we anything anything and everything could happen. And we we had we had all sat back a couple of weeks ago, even when the first Vince stuff there, and this is not going to take Vince McMahon out, or this is not going to make Vince McMahon leave.
0: Yeah, I mean, this could be a topic for another day, but there was part of me that that genuinely thought if Wall Street Journal's publishing this, this is big and this could Mm. be cause change. Look what's happened. But folks, thank you very much for listening and or checking us out today. We really appreciate it. Until next time, we will be speaking to you again very soon. All Going Well should be a post SummerSlam Slam show because that's at the very least what I want to try and make sure happens. From myself, Jeremy Graves, from him, the decadent Mr. Ian Bolton, we have been Bunker Mania here on Bunkerzilla UK. Thank you very much for watching, for watching that's not a word, watching and or listening. And until next time, speak to you soon. I mean this I mean
1: this this week's definitely put you through a ring, hasn't it?
0: <laughs> oh, has not <hasn't> it just?
1: <laughs> oh, good night, everyone
0: Enjoy the show. Discover more Bunkazilla originals at Bunkazilla.co.uk Ooh.